I am super excited to announce that we now have a formal partnership with the Prospect Wizard. And when I say wizard, I mean wizard. Obviously, you have a website. This allows you to convert your website traffic visitors directly into leads. It's not just another chatbot, and it's not AI, but it allows a visitor to call, text, or leave a voicemail. Immediately goes to you, your sales team, or anyone else in the club. Instantly, MIT shows a study that if you contact the lead within 10 minutes, chance of them converting goes up nine times that of the average. We got the Atlanta clubs on it, Vita Fitness, Gold's Gym, Mountainside, City Fitness Philly, College Park, become one of the next Halo companies to deploy the wizard. It's easy to use. Go to theprospectwizard.com, get a free 30-day trial. Talk to my boy, Dave Gallon. He will get you all set up and let the leads flow based on the wizard. Go get them. This is Pete Barr on Halo Talks NYC. By way of California, Manhattan Beach, I have a new friend of the Halo sector, Lee Braun, coming in from Perspire. We're going to talk about infrared. We're going to talk about health club operators embracing the workout recovery by becoming a franchisee of Lee's entity and turn your revenue per member uh, into a 6, 7x of what you're getting today. So, Lee, welcome to your first Halo Talks. Hey, thank you, Pete. Happy to be here. Awesome. So we looked on your website, looked at all of your, your growth. You got a lot of coming soon. Uh, tell us why you started this and um, what background you had before uh, and, and how it's going. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I'm uh, from Michigan originally. So I moved out to California back in 2010. I was 24 years old. Uh, some family friends had started what I'm pretty sure is the first ever infrared Satma studio in Costa Mesa, California here. And I pretty much fell in love with the concept and bought them out at, uh, at 24 years old, moved across country, took the, uh, the fledgling uh, first studio, which was basically a converted tanning salon with Ikea furniture and hideous orange curtains and, uh, and you know, really put some lipstick on it, uh, elevated the experience, implemented a membership model, and uh, that's how we started. Perspire Sauna Studio. And, and how many locations did you have when you decided to start franchising? We had three corporate locations when we started that we, we started ourselves over a series of six years. So from 2010 to 2016. And given, given how young you were at the time, and I, and I was at that age running a company, I basically said my idea is better than whatever the market is condition is at the time. Um, and I thought that I would never fail. Um, you know, if I just put enough work into it. So for the six years, you know, were you like living in the studio and kind of figuring out what's the special sauce of this? I'm not going to let somebody use my playbook until I actually have a playbook. Yeah. The first, I'd say four years were uh, a grind. The market, like you said, was not there. Right. Uh, if you're 2010, uh, wellness consisted of massage, basically. I mean, there wasn't really any other recovery modalities out there. So um, the market wasn't yet there, but anyone that came in was just you know, in love with the service. They wanted to continue. We didn't have that, that many members at the time, but the ones that we did were really passionate. So we knew to keep going with it. Uh, the first four years, just living in the studio, like you said, had our first real breakout year in 2014. 
uh, finally had the right team in place and we started growing at the end of 2014 uh, and, and started opening a couple more studios. You know, when, one of the things that's interesting about your pricing models, you have an eight pack for 159 and we've done a lot of work with Orange Theory, uh, mostly mm-hmm. pre-COVID, uh, but they were trying to basically get a $20 per visit. And that was kind of, you know, the business model, uh, which allowed them to get a lot more members than an average fitness studio, which is more of like a 300. They were able to get up to 800. Um, I think one of the ways that they did that was trying to figure out, you know, supply, demand, number of classes, and what can I really service? Um, we did a deal down in Florida where we did an unlimited membership uh, down at Boca Raton. So if anyone's down at Boca, do not do an unlimited membership because people have unlimited time and they will stay and live in your studio and you'll get six bucks a class. Um, so uh, how did that? How did you kind of stumble upon the business model and the pricing plan? So, w- yeah, when we first took it over, we immediately put it a membership model for that reason of, of, of growing the recurring revenue, which we all love, right, in, in business. And then really we, we looked at, um, you know, what Massage Envy was doing, what other beauty uh, brands were doing with their membership model at the time and, and kind of adjusted accordingly for our business, which is really geared around, uh, you know, our whole philosophy was how are we going to get people to come in? one, two, or three times a week, because that's really where we start to see the most cumulative benefits for, for what we do. So that's how we you know, established our pricing models was around that one, two, or three times a week. I'd seen some tanning salons that were not converted to infrared and people were coming in there five or six days a week. And I think that turned into a liability and not a uh, ideal client uh, for, for those uh, tanning beds. Yeah, that's pretty much where the similarities of our business end is that, you know, we have a similar, you know, footprint or layout as, as the old tanning salon model. Uh, and, and, you know, we're really going more towards the health and wellness of people, not the, the vanity as much. Sure, sure. Um, when we look at franchise businesses, uh, you might be able to say certain things or not here, uh, but I always use 60,000, like 2,000 a day is kind of the hurdle revenue per month that basically creates a business that, uh, entrepreneur or owner operator would say, okay, I'm, I'm getting a requisite return uh, yeah. on this investment and uh, I'm meeting my, my payroll, I'm, I'm paying my rent on time and actually putting money in my pocket. Um, when you looked at Massage Envy, we actually did the Massage Envy deal a long time ago as a banker um, and we're intrigued by that model. What, what do you view as, as the revenue threshold? And then do you also have certain other ancillary services that you want to put in and how have you kind of allowed yourself to grow and maybe move amenities or, or services around? That's a loaded question. Yeah. So the first part would be, you know, really around the, the revenue thresholds. And we do have um, the advantage of, of our business compared to say fitness or other beauty membership model service businesses is we don't have that hard cost labor. The right. sauna is performing the service. It is automated wellness. So not only is the sauna performing labor, but they're uh, also able to perform 100% consistently compared to uh, you know, people and, and you know, people are flawed and you know, make mistakes and things like that. So it's, um, it, it, that's one of our advantages is, is the reduction in, in that one-to-one labor model that you see with personal training or uh, fitness classes or, you know, as, as Seth Statisticians and things like that. And then in the first several years, and we invested in higher dose, 
Um, we were kind of evangelists trying to tell people this is the benefits of infrared. I used to use this uh, analogy of like your rotisserie chicken. And, you know, you're basically heating your body instead of the air. Some people it resonated with, some people felt like that that was not great. Um, but if we got across the chasm of we don't really need to educate people anymore, is enough out there that it's proven? Um, Education is still our number one hurdle. Uh, I, I, um, I will say as far as crossing the chasm, though, we, we are getting there. And where, it used, where we used to say a similar thing where, you know, it's, it's warming your core temp and it's using key waves that used to really turn people off and think radiation and, and think, you know, run for the hills. Now yeah. I think the, the education is quite a bit farther along and people understand that that's a really great thing uh, that the infrared is doing. Uh, and, and there's less negative connotation. You know, some of this is related to workout recovery. Some of this is related to getting toxins out of people's body. Uh, maybe they're in treatment. Um, do you see like the connection between medical and doctors recommending, or is it really, you know, health club members, Halo evangelists that that's really the, the core member base right now? Uh, the latter is the core member base. The former... You know, the, the medical application, uh, there, there are great medical applications for it. There are the, you know, Lyme disease. It's one of the only ways to treat Lyme disease is through infrared sauna, unless you're going to do really, you know, high dollar treatments. Um, it's the most cost effective way. Post chemo, uh, you know, recommendations for, you know, after chemotherapy going through uh, infrared sauna treatment. So there are a lot of uh, med medical related applications, but that's, you know, 10, 15% other people coming to our doors. You know, it, it's, it's mainly, uh, like you said, the halo. This is Pete Moore. I want to let you in on a little secret. There's this company called Promotion Vault. And what they do is they give out rewards from retailers that allow you to incentivize your members without having to do zero down and one month free or giving away shakes or giving away t-shirts. What you want to do is build a rewards program that lasts that people value, and that doesn't discount your own products and services. So here's the deal. There's something called Rewards Vault. The Rewards Vault is going to allow a member to set up their own profile. They are going to answer questions. You are going to get those answers. You're going to be able to target those members, and you're going to reward them inside your club, inside your spa, and outside of the club, and outside of the spa, to get them to become loyal, to get them to pay their monthly dues, and to be rewarded properly for the actions. A lot of companies are cutting back on rewards. You shouldn't be. Promotion Vault's your answer. Trust me, this is real. What, what else do you envision having in the studio? Or do you think that this on a standalone basis, one, has longevity, uh, two, has pricing power. I don't think that it should be discounted. Um, three is we, we found out through some of the uh, experiences that people were using it as like going on a date or going with a friend and, you know, substituting, maybe, you know, going to a bar and getting three Moscow mules. Let's go meet at the sauna, um, which is healthier and, and actually more cost effective. So what have you seen that you were like some aha moments or wow, like people are actually coming here, you know, socially as well. Yeah. I mean, our philosophy is more streamlined, you know, around um, providing, private personal break for people. So the majority of people are going in by themselves, you know, 90% of the time, but 10% uh, 
you know, really enjoy going with someone, catching up with a friend, like you said, uh, having quality time. There's a huge diaspora I, I see happening away from bars and alcohol, which I, yeah. I'm all for. Uh, I think it's just it's, it's a much healthier um, path. And so it's, it's cool to be, um, you know, for those, that growing sector of people that are, that are getting away from those uh, kind of pastimes into something more unique and healthy, like what Perspire offers. Yeah. So as you were growing the franchisor business, uh, obviously you have to have a different mindset. So I got my corporate locations. I'm running these. I'm managing these as like my, you know, home team. Uh, but now you're basically you have you have customers, you have clients that are maybe taking out a loan uh, or putting some of their you know, life savings into this business. So how did you kind of manage through that mindset change and probably your first 10 franchisees, probably you had a personal connection with them or you said like, hey, I got to make sure they're successful because this is on me. It's, you know, it's Lee Braun. It's not necessarily my brand. And they're super connected. A hundred percent. I mean, franchising has, has uh, brought on a whole new level of energy and direction and purpose for me personally. And um, it's still that way. We're, we're still singing for our supper and making sure that we're providing you know the most level of, of holistic support uh, to our franchisees. Um, definitely, the first you know ten uh, franchisees saw a lot more of me than than, than they do now. But um, but you know that's that's just growth and evolution and and bringing on more people uh, to the HQ team to you know really help support our franchisees and getting launched. Um, some of which who have done things beyond what, what we were able to even do early on with, with our corporate studios and, and do it better and help improve the system. So, I mean, franchising uh, is, is a whole industry in itself and, and learning that and, and uh, really integrating that into our business has been a, a new challenge, but uh, incredibly rewarding. Yeah. When, when you look at, and we worked on a Massage Emmy deal, we've also worked with uh, Orange Theory and some other groups that have sold area development agreements, and then basically had that area developer allowed to sub-franchise in their territory as long as they had one location. They were kind of you know, the first line of support. So basically almost like a network marketing or daisy chain, if you will. And that brought in a lot of private equity because they had territory rights. Uh, so how are you managing through the, the application process Saying no as a franchisor is something you have to say all the time, which you don't have to say in other businesses like CrossFit. You just say, hey, you get licensed in CrossFit, go open up and take care. Just make sure you send me a wire for $3,300 a year. Um, so, so how have you kind of looked at the map and said, all right, I can probably sell a couple of locations here, but I actually want to find somebody who wants to take the whole state. Yeah, that hasn't been our approach really. Um, honestly, there the way that we wanted to uh, to approach it is that we're not selling, expecting 30% not to develop their studios. We're, we're awarding territories with, to people that are passionate about health and wellness, that want to grow the brand, want to take it to new heights and, and really, uh, get going. So, um, we, we've actually, you know, generally almost, you know, let's say 80% of our deals are, are really just three to five units. And uh, we really focus on, on you know, helping, uh, and that's really the true nature of franchising is, you know, helping people build their businesses. And, uh, and that, that's served us well so far. And we're, we're just, it hasn't been our target to do those, those master agreements. 
um, we, we've seen some negative uh, effects of that, and um, and we just kind of stayed away. Yeah, we can talk offline about some of the negatives of, of that strategy. Um, yeah. on, on a map, Illustrated looks great, uh, but there are definitely people that show up at corporate uh, and kind of pound the table and say, hey, I'm bigger than you. You know, this yeah. is my brand. Um, mm-hmm. So this is how we're going to play it. Um, as you look at some of the things that are going on uh, with Exponential, where they've got an X-Pass, so basically somebody could join and they could kind of move around the different brands. Do you see local partnerships everyone talks about it but i feel like it hasn't really been you know executed on yet where you got a health club you got a yoga studio you've got a an orange theory and they say look you come here two days a week go here two days a week go to perspire four days a week um i feel like there's not necessarily a holistic i use the term candy land like this is here's like your your routine weekly and basically all four of those you know providers of the partnership all benefit. It's not who owns the members that they're getting results and they're coming here and we're all going to get more. So do you see that as a great idea, but you know, everyone's got their own, you know, initiatives or do you think over time this might actually happen? It's something that we've employed um, since, since we started, we leaned on other fitness brands, especially for, for cross marketing and cross promoting. Um, It's essential. It is not the candy lands that people might assume. Oh, if you open next to this, in between this juice bar and this gym, you know everything's going to be, uh, you know, sunshine for you. No, it, those are like one percent, two percent type of of levers that you pull. But you have to keep working other aspects of the business. That's that's just one of many tools that uh, help the business grow. In our experience. So it's it's not the magic bullet, but it is essential uh, to you know part of the mix. Gotcha. What what are some of the things that um, you as a as the CEO, where somebody brings in a certain set of data, and and you got in your gut? Look, I know what the data says, but that's not really the, the right answer. Um, are you a data guy? Are you a gut guy? Are you kind of a hybrid? I'm a hybrid. Yeah, I, I think I think um, the gut leads to asking good questions that get to data, and then it's kind of a kind of a circle, right? And then you've got to you know gut check some of that data. Uh, sometimes data can lead you in the wrong way, and um, and I've, I've made those mistakes too. So um, I, I think both is per my, my philosophy. I looked at uh, a couple of uh, chains that were in the same territory, and they both bought Buxton Reports on, on development sides of the market. And I realized that Buxton's telling them that this is a 30 club market, but it's not 60, you know, so everyone's yeah. kind of using data that, that is, you know, in isolation for their brand, but kind of doesn't really address some of the competitive components of it. Um, so when, when a franchisee comes in and says, Hey, I want to go into this territory. I know you got one in Whitecliffe, uh, New Jersey. Uh, do you look at some of the, there's probably not a competitor that you would stay away from. Um, but are you looking at, you know, new growth, are you saying, look, we could go as long as you're next to some of these other, you know, traffic centers or, um, you know, high-end adjacent brands. As an aside, no one's ever said to me, I got the shitty location next to Whole Foods. Yeah. Right? So, um, how, how do you think about that and make sure that the franchisee is set up, at least on a foundation of, of success? It's it's a, it's kind of back to the earlier point just made. It's, a, it's like one of 
50 metrics we use. And we actually use Buxton as well. And I always tell, um, you know, the team and the, and the, you know, franchise owners as well, this is one tool. Do not get married to this Buxton data. It is one tool. We have 50 other checklist parameters to take it through to make sure that, that, uh, it's going to be a valid, uh, location, you know, us and the, the real estate team internally work with, you know, our master broker and helping to find the best grade A real estate because it's so important uh, to start off on the right foot. So that's one, you know, one lane that we really invest heavily into uh, analyzing and approving those types of sites. This is Pete Moore. Here's the last tip for you of the podcast. We are partnered up with a company called Higher Dose, HigherDose.com. They are the leader in workout recovery products, infrared technology, LED light masks, neck enhancers, and other products such as PEMF mats and sauna blankets. If you have not gotten on the workout recovery train yet, your time and your stop is now. You got to get these products in there before these workout recovery and spas end up saturating your market. Having your members walk out of the club and going into one of their locations for 200 bucks per month where they're paying 39 to you. Let's become an expert in workout recovery if we are already an authority in workouts. Higher dose, check it out. There's a wholesale code and we look forward to helping you augment your products and services to meet the demands of your members. And hey, let's get people happy, healthy, and sweating and the recovery should be just as good as the workout. I'll give you a little lightning round of uh, like the ESPN hot seat. Uh, are you a morning or night workout guy? Morning. Uh, Netflix comedy or drama? Or Neither. Other? Neither. <laughs> yeah. you're, not a, you're not a TV guy? No, I'm not. Streamer? Okay. Uh, running a business, are you like me, like OCD, or kind of let things flow? Um, I would say I'm so cool, let things flow, and my team would say I'm an OCD guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or well, you're in Orange County, so you can't be you can't be too OCD, right? Uh, value, value or growth? Value. Uh, cardio or strength? Uh, strength. Uh, steam sauna or infrared sauna? Just kidding. Infrared. <laughs> <laughs> all the way, all day. Yeah. Um, and then entrepreneurship. Obviously, you started this out. What was what, what was the other thing that you would have done if you didn't do this? Uh, I was doing construction management. I, I don't. Mm, what would I be doing? Gosh, oh, I, I, was, I don't know. I, I think I'm, I'm, you know, what would I be doing? That's a great question. I don't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> so l- last question for you, you know, as you build out the franchise support team, um, you know, we use analogies. We wrote a book called Time to Win Again, which will send you a copy of 52 takeaways from team sports to ensure your business success. How do you think about sequentially what's the next set of hires and in what order are, are they needed? Because I feel like that's something that entrepreneurs sometimes make that mistake. They might go back office instead of sales, uh, developer instead of you know new business developments. How, how do you think about the next you know evolution here for the next year? Yeah, so I mean we're in a good spot right now where we've we've created this you know mainframe. We've got you know twenty people at, at the HQ right now. So there's a lot that's coming up, up next year that's duplicate roles. We just need more of the same type of roles now in order to uh, you know, help support our, our growing base, our growing system. 
So uh, in a way that's uh, maybe a little easier and I'm, I'm looking forward to that because, you know, we've, we've cut our teeth in, in developing these roles and cutting these new roles. And now we can, you know, help uh, delegate and elevate with, with the existing team. Awesome.